0: Hello and welcome to the Minimum Competence episode for Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. I'm your host for today, Andrew Leahy, a tax and technology attorney from New Jersey. In today's episode, we have the NLRB ruling broad non-disparagement clauses in exchange for severance payments are impermissible. More Section 230 tea leaf reading, the crime fraud exception, and Johnson & Johnson must pay up for pelvic mesh products. Let's put our best foot forward and step directly into today's legal news. The National Labor Relations Board has ruled that companies cannot require employees to sign broad non-disparagement clauses in exchange for severance payments. The NLRB said such requirements are unlawful and that workers cannot be forced to choose between benefits and exercising their rights. The ruling came after a Michigan hospital asked 11 union employees to sign severance agreements that would bar them from making public comments that could disparage or harm the company. The NLRB's previous Republican majority had twice ruled that such limits on speech were legal. However, the current Democratic majority said that asking employees to waive their rights could affect the rights of those still on the job. The decision restores what the NLRB called an important principle and longstanding precedent that employees cannot be coerced into waiving their rights. They also argued that non-disparagement clauses could prevent former workers from assisting investigations into ongoing labor violations. The U.S. Supreme Court has heard a case about whether social media companies can be sued under a federal anti-terrorism law for not doing enough to remove Islamic State videos. If the justices decide that the social media companies cannot be held responsible for aiding and abetting terrorism, it is possible that they will not need to decide whether Section 230, the provision that has given companies sweeping protection from lawsuits since 1996, protects them from those claims. The case heard by the court on Tuesday involved a U.S. citizen who was killed in Paris in a 2015 attack by ISIS. The family of the victim claimed that Google, through its algorithm-driven YouTube recommendations, aided ISIS in violation of the U.S. Anti-Terrorism Act. Some of the justices expressed concern about the impact that a decision that weakened Section 230 would have on tech companies. This will be one to watch. The Justice Department is attempting to subpoena a lawyer representing former President Donald Trump, Evan Corcoran, in connection with an investigation into whether classified documents were mishandled at Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. Prosecutors are relying on the crime-fraud exception to override attorney-client privilege claims. This exception, which a judge can approve when there is evidence the defendant relied on the lawyer's advice to advance an ongoing or future crime, is believed to have been used in cases involving four Trump-affiliated lawyers since 2017. Trump and his allies have cast this pattern as proof his legal team is the target of a political witch hunt. The crime-fraud exception is a seldom-used legal tool that requires careful vetting under DOJ guidelines. Before DOJ litigators use the theory to subpoena a defense attorney, they must get sign-off from the criminal division's top official or a deputy at the division's headquarters. As a quick professional responsibility brush-up, attorney-client privilege is a legal concept that protects the confidentiality of communications between a client and their lawyer. It is based on the principle that clients must be able to speak candidly with their attorneys without fear of their conversations being revealed to others. The attorney-client privilege covers both oral and written communications, including emails, letters, and text messages. The privilege belongs to the client, and only the client can waive it. However, there is an exception to attorney-client privilege known as the crime-fraud exception. This exception applies when the client seeks legal advice in furtherance of a crime or fraud. In such cases, the attorney cannot claim privilege and must disclose the communications to the court. It seems this exception has been applicable in at least some cases involving Trump and his lawyers since 2017. And briefly and finally, the U.S. Supreme Court has refused to hear Johnson & Johnson's appeal regarding a $302 million judgment in a lawsuit brought by California over the company's pelvic mesh products. The lawsuit accused J&J of concealing the risks of its mesh products, and J&J argued that state consumer protection laws like California's are too vague. The decision means that J&J will have to pay the $302 million judgment, and the company has expressed concern that the ruling will lead to continued, quote, Uneven, unclear, and unfair enforcement that harms consumers and businesses. Thank you so much for listening to Minimum Competence, your daily news podcast for lawyers. If you're looking for more than Minimum Competence, links to further reading on all the topics touched on today are in the show notes. If you have any questions or story suggestions, find us on Mastodon on the esq.social instance. I'm at Andrew, and my co-host Gina is at Gina. Minimum Competence is part of the ESQcast network of podcasts and streams on esqstream.com. We'll see you back here tomorrow, and until then, find a dog and give it scritches and enjoy your minimum competence.